From pediatrics to geriatrics, Maine Medical Center is centered around you. Welcome to MMC Radio, your trusted source for healthcare news and tips. Here's Melanie Cole. Convergent maids is a new procedure that treats patients who suffer from atrial fibrillation. Might this procedure be right for you? My guest today is Dr. Andrew Carcello. He's a fellowship-trained electrophysiologist and medical director of the electrophysiology department at Maine Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carcello. So tell us, first of all, what is atrial fibrillation? Atrial fibrillation is an abnormal heart rhythm where the top chamber of the heart is irregular, chaotic, and makes people feel unwell. Also, is one of the more common treatable causes, preventable causes of stroke. Is there some symptoms people feel when they have atrial fibrillation? Some patients don't have symptoms, but most patients have symptoms. And the symptoms vary across a very wide spectrum. Some patients have very bad symptoms to the point where they need to rush to the emergency room. Immediately, some patients, the symptoms are more subtle. They might just lose energy, lose stamina, or just not feel like themselves. You mentioned stroke, Dr. Corsello. So what are some of the more imminent dangers of untreated atrial fibrillation? Well, in most situations, the biggest danger is that atrial fibrillation increases the risk of stroke about five-fold. So... Um, uh, the first priority in dealing with atrial fibrillation is often to do something to prevent that stroke. And, and most of the time that involves taking a, an anticoagulant or also referred to as a blood thinner to prevent the stroke. So first line of defense is blood thinners, anticoagulants, medications. Then there are some new procedures out there to help treat AFib. Tell us about them. So there's a, a number of different procedures uh, because the medications to control the atrial fibrillation are not great. We haven't uh, had any great medications. We haven't had any developments in really over a dozen years. And even the best medications work about two-thirds of the time. Uh, in some types of atrial fibrillation, they barely work, and they have a lot of risks to them. So because those meds are not great, a number of developments uh, have occurred in the First uh, was a procedure called a surgical maze um, where the surgeon would open up the heart and quite literally cut it up into little pieces and put it back together. Um, it, it worked pretty well, but it was a, a hard procedure to perform, and it was very hard on patients. And it never completely uh, you know, caught on. And so starting about 16 years ago, um, there was a procedure called a catheter ablation uh, that became available. And that works very well for certain types of atrial fibrillation, especially young, healthy people without many medical conditions who have a pattern of AFib where they're in and out. And if they fail medications, this catheter ablation can make people feel um, much better. It's not perfect, um, but uh, you know sometimes people still need meds or need a second procedure, but it can work very well. You know, one of the things we're going to talk about today is that procedure does not work well in people who have been stuck in AFib, people who are in it consistently for a year or two and have failed medications, failed other procedures, and that's where the idea of the convergent maze came up. So who is a candidate for the convergent maze procedure? These are um, patients who have symptomatic atrial fibrillation or in some ways compromised by their AFib, who have failed 
an attempt at medications or can't get meds for various reasons, kidney disease, lung disease, etc., um, then they could be uh, a candidate if they have the pattern of atrial fibrillation where they are stuck in it and we can't seem to get them out of atrial fibrillation. Most of the patients I need have been in it more than a year or two, and those are groups of patients where further attempts at meds and catheter ablation do not work very well. I'll say as an example, the catheter ablation for that kind of AFib works in less than a third of patients and, you know, get to the point of uh, maybe not being worth uh, the risk. And that's where convergent maze comes in. And so what are the advantages of convergent maze procedure? Well, a convergent maze is a much more aggressive, uh, again, ablative technology. Ablation simply means to scar up the diseased areas, and most of the time it's with burning. But uh, the advantages are it is a much more aggressive procedure. It combines what the surgeon can do very well with what the catheter can do very well. And just because of the way we're built, because of our anatomy, there are some things that um, the surgeons can approach much better than the catheter, and there are some areas that the surgeon can't reach unless he does a full open-heart surgery. And that's where the idea of convergent, and it's just like the English word, it's the surgical field and the catheter field converging together and doing the best of uh, each technique. So in the convergent maze, instead of doing an open-heart surgery, the surgeon makes a one-inch incision just at the top of the belly and gets all the areas they can get to readily and uh, ablates them aggressively. And then we come up from the groin with a catheter and ablate all the areas he can't reach. So as I mentioned, if a surgeon had to do that before the convergent maze, he would have to uh, crack the chest um, or go spread the ribs, drop both of the lungs, and do a a much uh, more extensive uh, surgery which with a much harder recovery. By simply leaving out or skipping the areas he can't get to from under the belly and letting the catheter take care of that, it it is a much uh, better recovery and uh, has probably about the same success rate. Dr. Corsello, tell us a little bit about the procedure. Is this an inpatient or an outpatient, and what is the recovery like? Yeah, so the expected stay in the hospital is on the order of about three days. Uh, the patient will come in the first day and go out under general anesthesia and um, then have uh, two portions either in the, in the same room or in two different rooms where, as I mentioned, the, the surgeon will ablate an area and then the catheter will ablate. Then they'll come to an intensive care unit, uh, feel pretty beat up for a day or two in the hospital, typically go home uh, the third or fourth day afterwards. And then like any surgery, they're going to um, you know, gradually recover back to themselves. So over a period of a few weeks, they'll gradually get their energy back. Uh, you know, if the person was indeed uh, very symptomatic with the atrial fibrillation, they're going to start feeling better almost right away, almost by the time they go home and the and the wounds have healed up. And does this re- restore normal heart rhythm permanently? Is it something that might have to be done again? And what about the medications that they were on prior to this procedure? Yep, so they will stay on all of their medications for at least a few months just to help the heart recover from the entire procedure. At this point, we uh, have sort of scientific information out to a year or two, and it works about three-quarters of the time which is uh, not perfect, but uh, certainly a lot better than 
the medication we had before or the procedures we had before, like a catheter ablation. So about a quarter of patients will either need to stay on their medications long-term or have occasional atrial fibrillation uh, or need a second procedure of some kind uh, to touch up the areas uh, that were not fully ablated. One of the things we're still struggling with is knowing exactly where to ablate in every patient. So it's still somewhat of a one-size-fits-all. And some patients um, have AFib coming from areas that were not ablated because they're less common areas. There are areas, for example, on the right side of the heart uh, where you won't know until after you ablate the left side that it, it wasn't coming from the left. It was coming from somewhere else. So that there are certainly some, even if technically done perfectly, there are certain sort of some limitations in our understanding of the disease that it prevent it from being a 100% successful. And Dr. Corsello, in the last minute or so, tell listeners why they should come to Maine Medical Center for their cardiac care. Well, I think we've sort of uh, achieved a, a place of, of uh, uh, striving for very high quality. We do this partly through high volume as well as programs that really track and constantly try to improve our quality. It is you know, uh, in general, for example, in the electrophysiology, it's sort of an attending base. It's a teaching hospital, but uh, all of your care is delivered by your attending physician, which I think offers, uh, you know, many benefits to a patient going through a process, a surgery that, you know, uh, uh, can have some, you know, ups and downs to it. And, uh, you know, I think we've uh, shown as a hospital that we can achieve a very high uh, quality of care, uh, partly through volume but partly just through dedication and skills. Thank you so much. You're listening to MMC Radio. For more information, you can go to mainmedicalcenter.org. That's mainmedicalcenter.org, mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.